Welcome back to Anchored and Devoted with Pastors Joseph and Pastor Jer. I'm Pastor Jer. And I'm Pastor Joseph. And we're and so glad that you are with us today. We are. <laughs> yeah, today, so we're talking about a different topic today, talking about something ethereal and light and happy and fake for those of you who don't believe in an afterlife. We're talking about heaven. <laughs> this what is something that Dave and I have. are firmly agreed on. Uh, not only is heaven real, but it's so much better than we've ever imagined it. Um, neither Dave nor I are suicidal. However, we are not at all opposed to shuffling off this mortal coil Amen. at all. Amen. Uh, looking forward to a better place. Amen. So today we want to talk about heaven uh, for a couple of reasons. One, we've been slogging through some more difficult topics recently yep. and we want to break from that. Um, two, you know, I'll be honest, uh, the idea of heaven, little uh, fat babies floating around, <laughs> shooting arrows, plucking on harps, sitting on clouds, old men in togas. <laughs> There's a lot of um, bad ideas about heaven. There are a lot of decent ideas about heaven. But, um, you know, the question is, what does scripture say about heaven? What is it that we are looking forward to? And how do we know that? Where does the hope that Paul talks about when he says that the current struggling of this life is not worthy of the joy and the glory that is coming? That's the hope that we as Christians have mm -hmm. as we're walking through struggles and trials. That hope has to be found in something real and not simply a bad Thomas Kincaid painting. Yes, I, I, I'm sorry. I offended <laughs> you did half that. Our, half our listeners, but... Uh, Are they still selling them? Uh, <laughs> Are they worth anything? My thoughts I just got censored by I'm my... I'm sorry. By my, I'm, 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 I got distracted. Christian I marketing... Uh, yeah, I'm. <laughs> you almost did. I'll Google it later. Do some Don't things worry. I'm going to have to uh, for now. <laughs> you distracted me. I'm sorry. Go watch it on 60 Minutes from me like years ago. It's impressive. That's right. Don't? That's right. <laughs> Honestly, I would rather watch the Joy of Painting than have a Thomas Kincaid in front of me any day of the week. But uh, that's neither here nor there. No comments. Go watch 60 Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, when you think about heaven, what are the scriptures that have formed? What are the scriptures and or uh, Christian thinkers who have formed your your mind, your thoughts about heaven? Uh, my first thoughts toward heaven are actually, um, weirdly enough, more earthbound. Um, the first one's Acts 4.12. Uh, there is salvation in no one else. Uh, um, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that, you know, that just goes straight at Jesus and how there's only one way to heaven. Um, and so when I think about heaven, my first thought is to Jesus and how, you know, we want to do it our own way, do works and whatnot. And I'm speaking clearly to my believers. Um, we often, you know, whether you be in a different variety of church than myself, your Bible is still the same. Um, the Acts won't save you. I'm not talking about the book of Acts, but your actions. It really is Christ. And then the second thing um, in line with that is Luke 15, 7. Uh, There'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Um, mm. Those are my first two thoughts when I think of heaven and just how <clears throat> there are those who have gone ahead of us as seen in Hebrews and how there's probably a party every time 
um, you know, some real worship, some real joy, not, you know, the uh, air horns of um, <laughs> my son loves so much um, <laughs> from the, uh, the, the troll movie. Um, uh, but there is a true celebration, true joy, true happiness, not simply off what's happening, but because the family is made more whole by the addition of um, believers, um, that both heaven and earth are changed. Um, and so that, that's what I first think of. When you think of heaven, what do you think of? Mm. Um, I wish I thought more along the lines of what you just described, honestly. Uh, what I think of actually is my own experience. Uh, so by that, I mean, I think about a, a, the lack of the presence of sin, the lack of the presence of sickness, the lack of presence of fear. I also think about the, the real presence of the Godhead, mm. the um, unimpeded access and relationship mm. to being with God as well as the worship. But the, the things that have really shaped my thinking about this are a couple different places in scripture. Um, but looking first at Genesis, at the beginning of Genesis, mm -hmm. God created the earth and created Adam and Eve and, and the garden, and he's walking in relationship with them. And then looking forward to Revelation, mm -hmm. where the kingdom of heaven comes down and the new Jerusalem comes down and is planted on earth and the earth is remade and the river of life flows out from the temple, from the sanctuary of God. And wherever the waters go, it's bringing healing. Um, I think about Jesus uh, as well as John's description of the, the streets of heaven, which are paved with translucent, transparent gold. And I know that's so cool. Richness. It really is, man. It really is. I think about that experience, but that all has to do with me and my experience and the presence of God that I can enjoy. What you described, I think, is is really quite lovely. You you were describing the fact that heaven for you has a re, a very primary redemptive um, expression. You're yes. you're thinking about the redeemed saints of the Lord and the redeeming of the corporate body because my brothers and sisters are here with me enjoying this joy and this relationship with God. And I think Correct. That's, I, I that, that's, a, that's a challenge for me personally, because that's not a perspective that I have had much. And, uh, and I see why you have it. And I, I, it's one I'd like to cultivate in myself. Well, my heaven focus is one uh, where um, when a person comes to Christ, I see them as joining the family and we all are eternal um, but now the direction has changed so you are heaven bound so your eternity has changed um yes you know god knows what's going to happen and yes you're created for the purpose and you're called and formed in his image and we can get into free will versus you know your um choosing later uh, but it is um it's real now that um, you know, and we see it in the Lord's prayer, the, the, um, the, 
the you know your will be done on earth as is in heaven this connectedness between the two that um i believe as christians um we have to celebrate today we like you have not only the um the prayerful access that you were talking about um you not only have that, but you have, as you were stating, the relationship that is seen in Genesis and Revelation. And I can look forward to it being made perfect and I stand in front of God, but I have that freedom now. And um, I, I get to um, really celebrate the life change in others just as heaven celebrates it. And so... But for me, that is part of me enjoying heaven on earth. Like it's not me having everything I want or having a new vessel to live in that isn't broken or, you know, getting sick. It's um, this uh, part of me that really is um, um, holy. Yeah. You're, you're describing the, the already not yet. Yeah, in theology, which the real theological term for that is eschatological dualism, which is to say there isn't there's an end that's coming that we can live in light of that we do live in light of, even though we are not yet fully in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have to wait. Heaven, to- heaven as, as as a concept, heaven is the completion, the perfection of everything that is supposed to be. But, but heaven as a as a place, as a kingdom, is a place where God rules. And where all things are ruled by him as they are supposed to be. Right. And as opposed to earth, which still is under the power of sin mm-hmm. because it has not been fully redeemed. It has not been renewed, glorified, made new. Correct. And the, the interesting thing about heaven and earth is that heaven is outside of time and earth is in time. And um, the interactions that are taking place in heaven are ones that are very much connected to what is taking place on earth, but know that again, the time is different. God is not trapped by our time. We exist within him. Um, and he uh, has given space uh, for man to both reap and sow on earth, both good and bad. Um, whether it be, you know, how we treat our neighbors across the street or across the big pond. Um, there is that reap and sow. And the same is true in relationship with God. If we are willing to engage God with the understanding that heaven and time don't exist for him, um, then I can live differently today. And it's odd. It's different. It's not so focused on my cell phone or head down mentality. It's very much mm-hmm. a head up focused on God, which allows me to feel smaller and to recognize again, creation and see, you know, the majesty and beauty, even in the storm and the cleaning up after Katrina and other stuff. And, um, and to recognize the fragility of life and know that again, you're eternal. Yeah. Even, even the fallen individuals around me are eternal and um, that's of great value to God so much that he was willing to die for. Um, yeah. 
As you think about heaven, is there anything that is startling or terrifying? Um, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I, when I was a kid, there was a story called Gregory the Grub. Um, do you know that story? I don't. Okay. Um, and so my sister and I, we loved it. And um, it, it talks about this grub named Gregory, obvious. And he lives in a pond and um, he's got a great life. Everything's good. Uh, but then life begins to change and he fears change. Um, he knows that some of his friends and others have left the pond and he can't understand how they left, where they left. But he knows that this other place that they've gone is it's not okay because they never come back. Right. Um, and so he takes his time to peek outside the pond and he finds it to be the weirdest place ever because he can't breathe there and things don't make sense and mm-hmm. everything, you know, just doesn't make sense. And it makes sense because his vision's built for underwater. Um, he then changes. He, you know, um, is made new. He's, he, uh, um, you know, becomes what he is created to be. And he leaves the, the water and goes up onto land and flies away at the end of the book. Um, but he can no longer go back and tell those grubs that he knew what happened. Um, and so he's got a new life. Things are great, but he wishes that they could know all that is there. Mm-hmm. That barrier when it comes to death for me is one where, um, you know, the heaven and death barrier is one um, I really struggle with. Um, I genuinely um, don't want for people in hell to come back and, <laughs> you know, scare folks. Um, but I do want people to make the change to choose Christ. And I know Christ and all of his wisdom, as well as the Father and the Holy Spirit, has created us to make him known and to get out there and to share and, you know, help people where they are and all that kind of stuff. So they too might um, be heaven bound because of the love of God. Uh, but I, I would love from both sides to, to know more. And I know that that's not part of um, how God has made the system. Um, and yet he's given us enough to glimpse uh, what is next and to be able to, to celebrate and to look forward to it and to not fear it. Um, And so I know um, for myself, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff I'm going through and you know, this with my health. Um, And so you want, um, you want to be able to, you want to be able to be in control. And so when you start talking about heaven, and even death there's no control there right and so i think that's the that's the reality of the road is wide many will come to christ and said did all these great things for you again control and he's going to say i didn't know you we didn't have a relationship my heart burns and it's the, you can say the missionary in me, whatever. Um, For those who are inside the church, and I think it's many, (laughs) um, who don't have a relationship with God. Um, And I'm concerned, you know, I think of our kids, honestly, where Mm -hmm. they're being raised in the church and 
Preachers kids don't have the best track record. <laughs> um, and you and I both know part of the reason for this podcast is for them. Um, it's it's real to be able to um, encourage uh, new believers, believers that are not living the way they should, you know, living legalistically or even out of religion instead of the righteousness that they've been called to. Um, so that as God moves, you can, you can rest in um, what God is doing. And that is, yeah. um, you know, when I honestly think of heaven, that is the biggest thing I think about is rest. Not from the standpoint of I am, um, uh, you know, that heaven's a bit couch or that this is a place where I can only, you know, relax and all that kind of stuff. But rest as far as there's, um, you know, as you stated, no more sickness, no more illness, no more hunger. Um, you can rest from that and have a new body so that you are whole and you're able to be in the presence of God where I don't need to do anything and my value is not determined by what I can do. And I, right. in our culture, um, that's typically the first thing asked, what do you do? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's mind boggling because in other cultures, it's, you know, who are your, who's your family? We talked about that in a different podcast. Yep. Um, I like to ask how much money do you make? Well, in about in, in certain cultures that, that, that pretty much is it. What do you drive? And so that, that could be a, a question when you come into the country club. Oh, what do you drive? Oh, you drive an 07 Bimley. Oh, that's nice. Not a 2021. No, no, no. I, I really like it. Oh, you're at that table over there or, you know, you're on this floor. <laughs> Um, it is a different world. Um, what kind of, I, I remember one conversation and this is so frivolous, so silly. What kind of jet do you have? Um, Southwest, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> jet blue, <laughs> um, paper airplane. <laughs> and sadly that was amongst pastors. Um, but it, it it's one of those things where this is the second um, time that you've always almost got me to cuss on <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> it was, Help me, Lord. It's one of those things where um when we talk about heaven, um one of the toughest things for us is to um and you've hit on this before, the childlike trust and obey. Mm -hmm. um, so that you, you can rest, you cannot be conditioned by the world or discipled by the world to such a degree where you have put down your faith in Christ and put up yeah. some false other form of the gospel that is not what you're called to do. Yeah. I, there's the word that I'm hearing is uncertainty. This mm -hmm. goes directly to what we're talking about right now with trust. One of my kids, my eight-year-old, was going to bed in the past month or so. And uh, as they were getting ready to go to sleep, they turned to my wife and said, you know, I'm really worried about, I don't know that I want to go to heaven. Mm. And so why not? Because I don't, I don't know what it's going to be like mm. for there to never be any end. Mm. <sighs> The uncertainty principle, where whether we're talking about Gregory the Grub, who 
has vision built for seeing underwater. Mm -hmm. We're talking about me whose vision is limited so that where I feel safe and comfortable is not in an open field where I can see for miles, but on a paved road where I can see 10 feet around me in every direction. Mm. Where the safety, the uncertainty where you and I as flesh and blood know that at some point we're going to die. And we're going to be transformed. We're going to close our eyes in this life and open our eyes in eternal life. But we don't know. We can't know at this point what that's actually going to be like. And so we have this hope that's going to be something good. But even the good that's, that's described is somehow yet beyond our comprehension. Mm-hmm. And there's a fear in that. There's, there's an uncertainty in that where, you know, whether we're talking about a never-ending worship service mm-hmm. or whether we're talking about, um, you know, to use C.S. Lewis's language, going further up and further in, mm-hmm. where we are living now in the shadow lands and we are too insignificant, too weak, too tremulous to transparent to actually be able to experience real life but when we are transported into heaven we will begin to become more real more fully corporeal more fully alive such that we'll be able to engage with real life heavenly life as we were always meant to and the, and the life that we experience now will, by comparison, look like a vapor and a shadow mm. to what is there. We can't comprehend that. Our, the limitations on our ability to understand are fully bounded by our experiences. And our, I can't yeah. understand what as hot as the sun is, sure. because the most I can understand is as hot as the stove is. Because I've never been beside a volcano well, not i don't know what that kind of heat is I, I would agree with that especially when you consider the vessels we hold if you stand next to the sun that's not a long experience that's you long aren't, experience. You aren't, that's you aren't, aren't one i can report back on exactly you aren't built for that so it's 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 hard mentally to grasp it from both sides i have my limitations of my understanding around me but then there's also the limitations of I would not survive. Like I, I right. just wouldn't. <laughs> right. And, and yet scripture gives descriptions mm-hmm. of the heavenly kingdom of heaven, of paradise in ways that were meant to be relatable and understandable. Correct. And that's a part of the, that's a part of the issue. Even as I think about transparent gold, Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't that how does that work yes. yeah how does that, how, how does that work how does that work how does, how does that work I don't, I don't get that it that's isn't that just glass so what is it about the descriptions that we have about heaven in scripture are there things that we can look at and say this is what is being communicated and these other things are not a lesser descriptive, but not the primary focus of what's being conveyed here. I know, at least I agree with what you're saying, that when it comes to heaven, it's like us looking through 
a peephole. I think it's very much like what the prophets did of old when they were trying to describe Christ. They mm-hmm. gave the best that they could with the understanding that they had. And yeah. even still, we, we weren't ready. Yeah. You know, um, the disciples were expecting him to overthrow. And like they, they still had their own mindset for it. And you mentioned Revelations 21 earlier. Um, as far as the great multitude coming together and having the big worship service, all tribes, tongues and language, people groups standing around the throne before the lamb. That's amazing as he's clothed in a white robe with palm branches in their hands, crying aloud. Salvation belongs to our God with who sits on the throne and to the lamb. That's a party. Yes. That is a party like no other. You have all the elders of God's family there and they fall on their face, all living creatures. You know, this is crazy when you think about those seraphim, the ones that were saying holy, holy are now with, you know, their heads are, I guess, one head on the ground and the other three facing <laughs> direction. Again, to try and understand it is just mind boggling. But, but, but see, you know what the problem is, though? We've all been in church celebration services. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it's not something I'd want to spend more than about two or three hours on. And I mean, even with the best singers, even with the best musicians, it, but it is one of those things where I think we do a disservice as the church when we say this is it, when this is one of those things where we can't understand it. Yeah, like We literally can't understand it. So when it says that we will honor God forever and ever, amen, at the end of that, you know, again, Revelation is 21. My personal perspective is that like, there are many ways to honor God as we move throughout time and eternity. We have all of eternity with him in a new heaven and a new earth and whatever else he wants to do new. He's God, mm-hmm. three in one. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a limit to his imagination or his capacity to be able to do things. And when you look at, you know, humans judging angels and, um, you know, that ability to trust us, to take care of that task because of our relationship with him on earth via his son, you know, because of his son, the Christ and his blood, that kind of thinking is one where, if that's the kind of stuff you think of, I can't imagine the other stuff you can think of. Like, I, I would never, I'm just being honest. I'd never sit here and say, ooh, okay, let me have one created thing judge another created thing based in this other created thing, which was an angel. Can fly, move throughout space. You know, perpetually in the presence of God. Exactly. Like, like all these things and say, you know what, I'm going to take something that's dirt and I breathed in and honestly was a sinner. Let's just be honest. He wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my blood. Like, I'm going to have them judge these things that, again, I created that are... Every time a human has ever seen an angel, there's only been one response. Correct. I'm about to die. Exactly. Fall down. Like, this is, this is the end. This is it. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I can't handle this. This isn't... Ah, this isn't going to work. Um, <laughs> Which, by the way, for our charismatic friends, when you think that you've seen an angel, if you haven't peed your pants, you probably haven't seen an angel. Just asterisk. I, I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, it, is, it is one of those things 
that when it comes to heaven, it is good to study it, but don't 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 think you got the handle on it. Like like yeah. please. Now there's there's two scriptures that are coming to mind as we're talking. One, Paul says, I knew a man who was caught up into the third heaven. Mm-hmm. And I don't boast about myself, but but what he saw it is not lawful for those things that he saw in the third heaven to be spoken of. How about that? So how do you say that? How do you come back and say, so here's what happened. I went to the VIP lounge. And by the way, <laughs> not only have I been forbidden to talk about this to you, you wouldn't get it. It is against the law. <laughs> here's God's law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do not talk about this. <laughs> they are not worthy of hearing about this because they are still in sin. How about that? Off limits. And Paul is also the one who says, mind has not thought mm. of, has not conceived the glories that await those who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, this is where we have to remember we are the created. He is the creator. We are not. As much as imaginative, as much as amazing, as much as full of ourselves as we are, we are not the center of the universe. We are not the center of heaven. And we do not get to define it. God does. So if we get up there and it's a... A purplish green gold that's transparent. I'm not gonna be mad because someone said it was purplish green. It's still gold and transparent. Like let it go. You know, I'm I'm, you just described the Barney colors with some gold. I'm just hey, it's one of those things where I'm I'm expecting it to be again something I I I need a new body for. Like I just can't imagine it. Like I need a new body to be able to handle all the perfection. Like, because I'm so used to being in this broken world and my vessel's broken, my mind has been swimming in this for so long. I'm just believing God that I'll be made new, Mm -hmm. fully perfected in the presence Mm -hmm. of God. And then it's just going to be like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Now I can understand stuff better from when I was on earth. Oh, wow. Yep. Now I can understand what you want me to do. Oh, wow. I get to worship you in song as well as in work and play and I don't need to eat, but I do get to imagine and dream with you and talk to you and know you and live with you and experience stuff. I don't need to eat. You still put on the buffet every single day. Exactly. Like it's, are you kidding me? Like just so that we can just, just, just because you can, and we get to enjoy it again. There's no enemy to worry about. There's no, you know, wolves or distress or any other foxes in the corners or in the hen house. I, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about any drama or friction with, you know, sin in my own heart. And I, again, yeah, that to me is happening. Complete lack of fear, man. It's like complete lack of fear. Perfect love casts out fear. It's a place where all truth will reside. So confession time for me. For yeah. a lot of my life, um, I, you know, so I'm legally blind. The uh, 
the people who are, are in control of our government have it out for me personally. They will not <laughs> let me get a driver's license. I find this to be unacceptable. I think that they are marginalizing me and disenfranchising me from the roads. I'm a to drive in Canada. with that said for a long time and still to this day one of the things i've looked forward to in heaven i've shared with shared this with you before and it's a little bit silly nevertheless it's real for me Mm -hmm. i'm looking forward to in heaven jesus bringing me to a parking lot full of all kinds of vehicles and tossing me a set of keys says these keys will fit any vehicle here go have fun go enjoy it Come back whenever you're ready. Go enjoy it. Mm. I really am. I'm looking forward to that. Is it going to happen? No idea. Could it? Sure. I'm looking forward to it. But more than that, I'm looking forward to seeing my Heavenly Father and to being embraced by the, the God who created me, who loved me enough to send His Son for me. Seeing him face to face, seeing him as he is and being fully known, knowing that I am fully known, that there's no part of me that's hidden. There's no part of me that needs to be hidden. I'm completely accepted. That every person standing there with me can say the same exact thing. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of death in the world around us today. When I see injustice, when I look at what's going on in Afghanistan, and I don't mean the political mistakes, I mean the loss of life. Mm. I mean the fear. I mean the dehumanization of one person against another that plucks a chord in my heart that reminds me we were not made for this. Mm. We were made for heaven. And so at the end of Revelation, John ends it and says, Maranatha, even so, Lord, come. The heart of every believer who knows Jesus should look at this world and should be saying at every opportunity that they have to see where we are fallen and broken and hurting, Lord, come. And before you do, give me another opportunity to reach out to someone else and invite them to come with me to your wedding feast. And uh, again, because it's a confession, Lord, may that be true of me. Amen.